Welcome to the Merge Podcast. The Merge is the student ministry of the First Baptist Church, Barnwell, South Carolina. The mission of the Merge is to equip students to love God and His people. Here is student pastor Ryan Holtz. Not quench this love 
trumpet sound I'm gonna rise right out of the ground ain't no grave can hold my body down well look way down the river and what do you think I see I see a band of angels and they're coming after me ain't no grave can hold my body down Jesus is derived from the Old Testament name Joshua, which means Yahweh, God is salvation. The title Christ means one chosen and anointed by God to be the Messiah who delivers God's people. Jesus has both of those names, Jesus Christ. About 2,000 years ago, Jesus of Nazareth was born in a small hick town. It was a place where guys changed their own oil. They thought that pro wrestling was real. If you go to that hick town, you'd find women that chewed tobacco, and the guys thought that was sexy. They eat a lot of Hot Pockets with their uncle's daddy. Kind of sounds a little bit like Williamston, uh, Williston, doesn't it? All right. Jesus' mom was a teenage girl 
who was poor, she was unwed. Many people, uh, many people in her town figured she was lying about being pregnant with God's child in order to hide the fact that she had been getting it on with some guy down by the local pond. Jesus was adopted by a carpenter named Joseph and lived most of his early childhood and teenage years in secrecy, working with his dad every day, building things. Sometime around the age of 30, Jesus began his public ministry that included preaching and healing the sick, feeding the hungry, and becoming friends with local drunks, perverts, and thieves. After only three short years of this ministry, Jesus was killed for claiming to be God. He died a very shameful death on a tree with thousands of criminals before him. Jesus never traveled more than a few hundred miles away from home. He never ran for political office. He never owned a mansion because he was homeless during his entire ministry. Jesus never attended a big college, never went to a big school, never wrote a book, never got married, never had sex, never had kids. There's not that much great about Jesus when you just take a glance at him. Matter of fact, Isaiah 53, 1 through 3 says this, the servant grew up before God, a scrawny seedling, a scrubby plant, and a parched field. There was nothing attractive about him, nothing to cause us to take a second look. He was looked down on, he was passed over, a man who suffered, who knew pain firsthand. One look at him and people turned away. We looked down on him, we thought he was scum. That's from the Message Bible. But the thing about Jesus is that even though there was nothing that attracted us to him, there was nothing that, that was, he was not a very attractive man. A lot of people think about Jesus, they think about the pictures that I've been showing the last several weeks. They think that he was, uh, had this long hair and this scrawny, this long beard. Well, the beard was probably very short. His hair, because he was a carpenter, was probably very short. He was probably really built. Because he was a carpenter, he walked, he walked around everywhere he went. He worked out in the sun. He wielded a hammer every single day. He was probably built. I don't think Jesus looked anything like these pictures that we see of him. I think he looked different. But anyway, he wasn't really attractive. But yet, no person, no person in all of human history is more famous than Jesus Christ. No, no army or nations have impacted human history like this homeless Nazarene did. And even today, Jesus remains one of the hottest topics. You could Google Jesus and millions of web pages will come up about him, both talking about how great he is and how much of a liar he was. But but and, and there's so many different religions, and they talk about Jesus being this and Jesus being that. And Paul, in First Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 11, 3 and 4, Paul says, I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. For if someone comes to you and preaches a Jesus other than the Jesus we preached, or if you receive a different spirit from the one you received, or a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it easily. 
Paul is saying there, hey, if you're not careful, somebody else is going to creep in and they're going to tell you lies about Jesus. They're going to tell you that Jesus was this or that or this or that. And guys, we see it all around us. And tonight, we're going to look at some of these things. We're going to talk about the way, the way Jehovah's Witnesses portray Jesus. We're going to talk about the way Mormons portray Jesus. We're going to talk about the way Muslims portray Jesus. And none of those three, none of those three tell you that Jesus is the Son of God. None of them. All of human history, Jesus is the most radical, revolutionary person that has ever walked the face of the earth. And he's portrayed in many ways. So let's look at some of the ways Jesus is portrayed. First of all, in pop culture. Let's look at some of the ways he's portrayed in pop culture. On TV, you have Simpsons Jesus. On South Park, you have South Park Jesus, where he's Kenny's little buddy. And then my favorite, Dog the Bounty Hunter. Dog the Bounty Hunter, they, if you've never watched this show before, every time they go out to uh, hunt somebody, they gather around and they pray, Oh, dear Jesus Christ, our loving Savior, let this be a safe uh, hunt. Let us capture the criminal that has done something bad. Let us then take him after we cuss him out and beat him to a pulp. Let us then give him two or three cigarettes, a shot of whiskey, and then tell him how much you love him. And by going to jail, you will find him there and he will be saved. That's basically what dog does. You have in the fashion world, t-shirts like this one that says, Jesus is my homeboy. That shirt has been worn by people like Pam Anderson. Ashton Kutcher, Kutcher, sorry, Madonna, and Ben Affleck. Close to over 100 movies have been made about Jesus, including The Passion of the Christ. Jesus Christ Superstar. And the Canadian cult classic, Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter. And then, one of the most famous movie clips of all time. Dear Lord, baby Jesus, or as our brothers to the south call you, Jesus, we thank you so much for this bountiful harvest of Domino's, KFC, and the always delicious Taco Bell. I just want to take time to say thank you for my family, my two beautiful, beautiful, handsome, striking sons, Walker and Texas Ranger, or TR as we call them. And, of course, my red-hot smoking wife, Carly, who is a stone-cold fox. Mm. Also want to thank you for my best friend and teammate, Cal Naughton Jr., who's got my back no matter what. Shake and bake. Dear Lord, baby Jesus, we also thank you for my wife's father, Chip. We hope that you can use your baby Jesus powers to heal him and his horrible leg. And it smells terrible, and the dogs are always mm. bothering with it. Mm. Dear tiny infant Jesus. Hey, um, you know, sweetie... Jesus did grow up. You don't always have to call him baby. It's a bit odd and off-putting to pray to a baby. Well, look, I like the Christmas Jesus best, and I'm saying grace. When you say grace, you can say it to grown-up Jesus or teenage Jesus or bearded Jesus or whoever you want. You know what I want? I want you to do this grace good so that God will let us win tomorrow. Dear tiny Jesus, your golden, 
fleece diapers with your tiny little fat balled up fist paw. He was a man. He had a beard. Look, I like the baby version the best. Do you hear me? I win the races and I get the money. I like to picture Jesus in a tuxedo t-shirt because it says like, I want to be formal, but I'm here to party too. Because I like to party, so I like my Jesus to party. I like to picture Jesus as a ninja fighting off evil samurai. I like to think of Jesus like with giant eagle's wings yeah. and singing lead vocals for Leonard Skinner with like an angel band. And I'm in the front row and I'm hammered drunk. Hey, Cal, why don't you just shut up? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Dear eight pound, six ounce, newborn infant Jesus, don't even know a word yet. We just thank you for all the races I've won and the $21.2 million. Woo! 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 Ow! Love that money that I have accrued over this past season. Also due to a binding endorsement contract that stipulates I mentioned Powerade at each grace. I just want to say that Powerade is delicious mm. and it, it cools you off on a hot summer day. And we look forward to Powerade's release of Mystic Mountain Blueberry. Mm. Thank you for all your power and your grace, dear baby God. Amen. There's also Halo Jesus. Halo Jesus, the holy combat. It says, 2,000 years ago, he tried to be nice. And he went and died for him on a wonderful cross. But now he's back, and playtime is over. So we have Halo Jesus with a gun and a knife. Jesus is huge in music. We have Kanye West and the passion of Kanye. Green Day sings about Jesus. And the greatest band of all time, you too, sing about Jesus. We also have Jesus of other religions. And even though many of them say that religions essentially teach the same things when it comes to Jesus, many of them are very far from the truth. For instance, you have the Jehovah's Witnesses that teach that Jesus was Michael, the archangel, a created being that became a man. You have Mormonism that teaches that Jesus was not God, but only a man who became one of many gods. He was someone who had many wives, and his half-brother was the devil. According to Scientology... Jesus is an implant forced upon a person about a million years ago. Do I understand what an implant is? No. Do I know what a thetan is? No. But the reason behind that is because I haven't, number one, eaten enough uh, hallucinogenic mushrooms, nor have I taken enough drugs to believe in a religion that makes Tom Cruise their Billy Graham. Do you know who Billy Graham is? Please tell me you do. Okay. Then according to Mark Driscoll, there is even a Canadian group. They're a Canadian cult group. They are a nudist arsonist group that think the word Jesus in the Bible is code word for hallucinogenic mushrooms that are to be eaten before getting naked and lighting things on fire. And fortunately, I googled that and I could not find a picture. And I'm really happy to tell you that we didn't have that. Y'all are not into this tonight, are you, man? Y'all are not laughing or anything. Thank you very much. With anybody, with, with everybody else, what was that? Was that Drayton? Did you poot? All right. <laughs> All right, here we go. With everybody else trying to speak 
on their beliefs about who Jesus was, they have forgotten, they have forgotten to go to the source himself and ask him who he was. So tonight, we're going to talk about nine statements that Jesus made that proves he is the one and only God. And the first statement that Jesus made is that he said he came down from heaven. Jesus came down from heaven. There are many people, there are many people that have often claimed they have ascended to heaven. All right? Y'all have heard of near-death experiences. There are people that have said they nearly died, and while they were dead, they went up into heaven. Okay? But then they were sent back down to finish out this life. Many celebrities have claimed to have near-death experiences. One of the most popular people in all of the world that claims to have ascended into heaven is the Muslim prophet Muhammad. He claimed that on one occasion, while he was drunk, he claimed on one occasion he was taken up from earth to heaven. He went to this place called, uh, it was, well, he was at this place that is right now called the Dome of the Rock. And it's, this place is standing on a site where an original Jewish temple in, uh, was built and, and it's still there. The Dome of the Rock is there and memorializes where Muhammad was taken up into heaven. Muhammad says that he ascended into heaven. He ascended through what are seven heavens on a strange heavenly beast into the presence of Allah. Muhammad said that while he was there, he met Old Testament figures like Adam and Abraham and Moses. He said he had conversations with them. And then he said that during his visit with Allah, that he was told that all good Muslims have to pray five times a day. That's the prophet Muhammad. In John 6, 30, in John 6, 38, Jesus says, For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. A lot of people have claimed to ascend, to go into heaven. But Jesus, in John 6, 38, he says, I didn't go up into heaven, I came down from heaven. And what he's doing there is unlike the prophet Muhammad. See, Jesus didn't claim to just ascend into heaven. He let it be known that for a while he actually lived in heaven. So to those that were listening to him, Jesus wasn't claiming that he had gone up to see God. He's claiming that he actually dwelled in this place with God and as God. And when he said, when he said this, the people began questioning him. Even, even some of his disciples began questioning him. Because his claim to be God, they were thinking, this dude's crazy. His claim to be God who has come down to the earth, it had never been made by anybody else. And, and so Jesus in this statement is clearly saying that he is God. John 1.1 1, 1 says that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Jesus has claimed that he came down from heaven. Only God, guys, by him saying this, he's saying that he had been lasting forever. And the truth of the matter is only God can last forever. The second thing that Jesus said is that he is more than just a good man. Mark 10, 17 through 18, Jesus was starting down a path and this rich young ruler comes running up to him and he falls down to his knees and he says, good teacher, what do I need to do to get into heaven? And Jesus tells him, he says to the ruler, Nobody is good 
except for God. Jesus says, nobody is good except for God. In saying this, Jesus is telling the man that he is more than a good person. Jesus is revealing to this ruler that he himself is God. Jesus is saying to the man, I am more than some good spiritual leader. I am more than a spiritual leader of some group. I am a God who has come to this earth to show you how to live and to show you the way into heaven. Billy Graham, Billy Graham once said that Jesus was not just another great religious teacher, nor was he only another in a long line of individuals seeking after spiritual truth. He was instead truth itself. He was God. There are a lot of people that claim to be a good spiritual leader. There are a lot of people that claim to be good and that by doing good things, you can get into heaven. But the reality is, is that none of us are good. Only God is good. Number three, Jesus said he is the son of man. When picking a title for himself, Jesus picked a title that is very prestigious. Daniel, the prophet Daniel wrote about it. He spoke of the, Daniel wrote about this son of man 600 years before Jesus was even born. And yet Jesus referred to himself as the son of man 80 times in the gospels. Jesus, in most cases, when Jesus uses this term, son of man, he is referring to himself in power upon his second coming when he talks about riding on the clouds. The Son of Man is given domination. It's a sign of domination and authority, which only a divine person can receive. Psalm 110, David writes that the Son of Man will crush kings on the day of his wrath. He will judge nations, heaping up the dead and crushing the rulers of the whole earth. And 80 times in the New Testament, Jesus said, I am the Son of Man. In Revelation, it talks about Jesus coming back on the cloud. It talks about Jesus coming back with power. It talks about Jesus ruling at the right hand of God. And Jesus claimed to be the Son of Man. There's another statement pointing to the fact that Jesus is really the only God. The fourth thing that I want you to see is that Jesus' claim is backed up because he performed miracles. Outside of his resurrection, one of the most controversial and ridiculed aspects of Jesus' life are the miracles. But the authors of the New Testament, they claim that Jesus performed nearly 40 specific miracles during his time on the earth. In Mark's gospel, one-third of the whole gospel, one-third, I'm sorry, of every verse is about Jesus performing a miracle. But it's not just the people that support Jesus that talk about his miracles. It's his enemies that talk about it as well. The Jewish Talmud, which is like the Jewish law, uh, a writer wrote, uh, a writer named Celsus wrote that Jesus practiced magic. Another opponent of Jesus made the same claim that Jesus practiced magic. The Jewish historian Josephus reported that Jesus was a doer of wonderful works. And most of the miracles that Jesus performed demonstrated his power over sickness 
and disease, over uh, threatening illnesses, over crippling things where people couldn't walk, over blindness and stuff like that. But in Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41, we see a picture of Jesus and his disciples out on a boat. And Jesus was asleep at the end of the boat. And a huge storm comes up. And Jesus hears his disciples fearing. And he stands up and what does he do? He calms the storm. He performs a miracle right in front of them that demonstrates his power over nature. God is the only one that can really control nature. In performing these miracles, Jesus is simply pointing out that he is God. And his intentions were so that we would see and understand and believe that he is God. The fifth thing that I want you to see is that Jesus just bluntly said, he is God. Over and over, Jesus lets it be known that he is God. Some people say that Christians, people that follow Jesus, they made up the fact that he is God. But it's hard to make up something when the man himself stood in public and said, I am God. No other person, no other religious uh, leader has ever made the claim that they are God. Jehovah's Witnesses, I'm sorry, Buddha, Buddha never claimed to be God. Buddhism teaches that Jesus is not God, but was rather an enlightened man like the Buddha. Christian science, I'm sorry, the Watchtower Society says Jesus never claimed to be God. Christian science founder, Mary Baker Edney flatly states Jesus Christ is not God. But there's some key scriptures that you need to look at in order to see that these claims are false. Mark 14, 61 through 64, Jesus was being tried for claiming to be God, and he was standing before Caiaphas, the ruler of the Sanhedrin court. And Caiaphas says, are you the Christ, the son of the blessed one? Jesus said, I am. And you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds from heaven. The high priest tore his clothes. Why do we need any more witnesses, he asked. You have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? In John 8, 58 through 59, Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Before Abraham was born, I am. And at this, people began to pick up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself, slipping away from the temple grounds. He looked at these Jews in their face and he said, Before your father Abraham ever existed, I am. He's taking them back to a moment in the Old Testament where Moses was standing in front of a burning bush and Moses said, Who are you? And the burning bush spoke back and said, I am. Jesus is saying right there, I am God. The next thing that I want you to see is that Jesus said he was sinless. 
Sin, sin corrupts us all. Sin is something that we as Christians, every single day we have to deal with. Sin is both omissions and commission. Sin of omission are when we fail to do something good and sins of commission are when we do something wrong. Sin includes our thoughts, our motives, our words, our deeds. And, and all of our sins are known by the all-knowing, all-seeing God. And in all of history, in all the world, no one is claimed with any credibility to be sinless. As a matter of fact, if you go and you Google the word sinless and think that somebody's going to pop up, what you will get is a strip bar named sinless somewhere out in Seattle. There is no one that is sinless. Because to do so, to be sinless, means that you're saying that all your thoughts and actions and deeds are pure. And even the greatest religious leaders, even the greatest religious leaders, Martin Luther, Muhammad, Gandhi, Mother Teresa, Billy Graham, all of them have acknowledged that they sin. But when you read the gospel, Jesus isn't talking about his sin Jesus is always talking about your sin. And he's telling you to ask for forgiveness for your sin. We never once in the te uh, New Testament see Jesus talk about or pray to God and ask God to forgive him for his sin. Jesus was without blemish. Matter of fact, 1 Peter 1.19 says that Jesus was a lamb without blemish or defect. John says in 1 John 3.5 that Jesus was without sin. James 5.6 says, you have condemned and murdered innocent men who are not opposing you. 2 Corinthians 5.21, God, it says God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Matthew 27, 3 through 4, says that Judas, the very one who betrayed Jesus, said that when, Jesus, when Judas saw that Jesus was condemned, he was seized with remorse and returned the 30 silver coins to the chief priest and the elders. I have sinned, he said, for I have betrayed innocent blood. Luke 23, 22, Pilate says, for the third time he spoke to them, Why? What crime has this man committed? I have found in him no grounds for the death penalty. Therefore, I will have him punished and then release him. Luke 23, 47, the centurion, after he had speared Jesus in the side, it says he dropped back, fell down, praised God and said, surely this was a righteous man. Luke 23, 41, records the other man on the cross next to Jesus and he said, "For he said, we are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Jesus was without sin. He was a pure lamb. Jesus forgave sin. Because Jesus never sinned, they gave him the ability to forgive sin. Luke seven forty eight. Jesus said." Your sins are forgiven. Luke 5, 20 and 21, when the man dropped the paralyzed man down during his speech, his teaching, Jesus says, your sins 
are forgiven. Psalm 51.4 states that against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. This means that all sin is committed against God. So it is only God who can forgive sin. The eighth thing is this. Jesus taught people to pray to him as God. You know, it is through prayer that we have the ability to speak to God. When Jesus was on the earth, he commanded us to pray to him. John 14, 13 and 14, Jesus said, And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. In Matthew 15, 25, we read a story of a Canaanite woman who needed help. And she came to Jesus, knelt before him, and begged him to help her. She needed his prayer. She wanted him to hear her prayer. In Acts 7, 59 and 60, Stephen, as he was being stoned to death, it says he looked up into the sky, and he looked, and he saw Jesus, and he said, Take my spirit, Father. You know, there are a few billion people today that believe that when they pray, Jesus hears them. They have faith that Jesus hears them. If Jesus is not God, and yet he told all of us and the billions of people around the world to pray to him and that he will answer their prayers, and yet he's not God and he doesn't have the ability to do that, then he was more than just a liar. That was one sick human being to give billions of people the false hope that if you pray to him, he will hear and he will answer your prayer. That's more than a liar. That's a sick person. But yet Jesus did teach people to pray to him. And number nine, and finally, Jesus said he is the only way to heaven. A female bishop was once interviewed by Time Magazine. And the question was posed to her, is belief in Jesus the only way to get to heaven? And her reply, we who practice the Christian tradition understand him as our vehicle to the divine. But for us to assume that God could not act in other ways is, I think, to put God in an awfully small box. This bishop had it all wrong. She does not understand the scripture that she supposedly preaches because in John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody gets to the Father but through me. There are no ifs, ands, and buts about it. There is no other way to heaven. I don't care if you walk out of here and in 20 years you find the cure to every single tumor that exists. If you aren't saved, you're not going to heaven. You can amass all this wealth, and you can give it to the poor and the needy, but if you're not saved, you're not going to heaven. Why? Because Jesus is the only way to heaven. There is no other way. C.S. Lewis wrote books like the Chronicles of Narnia, Another book called The Great Divorce. And he wrote a book called Mere Christianity. And in that book, C.S. Lewis penned these words. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said 
would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level with the man who says he is a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God, or else a madman or something else. You can shut up. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him and kill him as a demon. Or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. And so basically Lewis in these words is saying that Jesus Christ was either a liar or a lunatic. If Jesus were a lunatic, he would fall into the category of some of the most crazed people in human history. Many years ago, before y'all were born, there was this guy that lived named David Koresh. And David Koresh made claims to be God. As a matter of fact, one of his statements was, do you know who I am? I am God in the flesh. Stand in awe and know that I am God. David Koresh convinced 85 people that he was God, that he was Jesus Christ in the flesh. He was having sex with these little kids. He was a lunatic. And one day, a bad thing happened with the FBI because he had all kind of illegal weapons and drugs and stuff like that. And anyway, of those 85 people, 20, uh, only nine of them survived a mass killing that occurred in the compound in Waco, Texas. 25 of those that were killed were children. So to take Jesus and say that he is a lunatic is to put him in a category with people like that. To put him in a category with people like Paul Jones that in the 70s convinced, I think it was 200 people, to take a pill and kill themselves in the name of God. I don't think Jesus was a lunatic. If Jesus were a lunatic, or if Jesus were a liar, knowing that claiming to be God, knowing that him claiming to be God would eventually get him killed, I'm pretty sure he would have come out and said, hey, I'm, I'm just kidding, I'm not God, in order to spare his life. But that's not what he did. He willingly went to a cross and he died. Guys, the question that you've got to ask yourself when you're talking about is Jesus the only God, there are a lot of people that make a lot of statements about Jesus. And I know that this might not have been the most exciting uh, talk that I've given it's not the funniest, but it is one of the most important ones that you need to understand because there's a lot of people out there that are trying to tell you that you're crazy for believing in a guy who claimed he was God. And if you're not hearing it now, when you get to college, you will hear it. You'll hear it in your workplace one day. But you yourself, 
have got to figure out what you think about Jesus Christ. Because people that think one way about Jesus, they live an entirely different life than those who do not. It's evidenced by the way they turn out. So tonight, it ain't, it's not what I ask you about Jesus. It's what Jesus is looking at you and saying, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Do you think Jesus is a lunatic? Do you think that all this is just a waste of your time? Or does it mean something to you? But one day you've got to ask that, answer that question. Whether you realize it or not, one day you have to answer that question. Who do you say Jesus is? Thank you for listening to the Merge Podcast. For more information about the Merge Student Ministry, please go to www.mergestudents.com.